I'm just not occupying to do something here, just to kind of hang around. I'm here to get me some Jesus. I mean, a double dose of God. How many are still believing for revival? How many are praying for revival? How many have a bank account? <laughs> no, you don't have to be ashamed. Go ahead and hold your hands up. I got one. I'm sorry, you don't, <laughs> but I got one. How many of you, when you put your money in the bank, you know, how many of you have ever had a savings account where you got some interest? Has there ever been a time you said, well, you know, I am really feeling so good, bank, that I want you to keep my interest this month. Just, I don't need it. Just keep it, you know, because I'm feeling real good. How many have ever done that? You'd have to be something wrong with you to do that, okay? Anytime you invest, you want to get a, begins with an R, return, right? I invest, I get a return. Let me ask again, how many are looking for revival? If you make the prayer investment, God will give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to say it again. Okay, you might not have heard me. If you make the investment in prayer, you're believing God. That might even mean skipping a meal. That even might mean cracking your Bible open a little bit, just finding a, a, a nice place around here, believing God, or take two or three and just begin to pray. If you make that investment, God's waiting for our heart, you see. He wants to see how much you want this. And if you make the investment, God will give you the re return. How many is ready for a return? Uh -huh. I'm not talking about the return of Christ. That's going to happen later. Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back. All these people predicting when Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming back on September 27th, 2024. He's going to come. We've had people do all that kind of. Jesus doesn't even know. The Father has to tell him. But what we do know is we're here right now. Amen? And God wants to do some good stuff with us. I'm just excited today. I don't know why. It's something in the air. It's a briskness. It's a, it's a new beginning. It's, it's, it's cool. I know our poor California girls are probably playing Beach Boys music or something in their room. You know, but, it's, 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 but it feels good. I'm just looking for God to do some good stuff. Well, I want to talk with you today about uh, how to identify the voice of God. You all have that down pat, I know. Well, I just tap into God and hit 1-800-777-7777, and he answers me every time. Sometimes when we seek the will of God or want to hear the will of God, we kind of want what we want. I'm believing God. I'm looking for confirmations. Maybe he's the one. Maybe she's the one. Maybe I'm supposed to do this. Go here. Do that. And sometimes we get a little selfish, and we, we look, if we look for confirmations long enough, somebody will give them what it is that we want. But that might not be the voice of God. So let's get into this. Father, in Jesus' name, bless your word as we look to you solely. Amen. So look, to hear the voice of God, you have to turn down the volume in your head. Now, I see you all, you're walking around with your earbuds and all that stuff, and I know it's all Christian music. 
music. <laughs> it's all the glory. You're singing the praises of God, especially when you're headbanging. You know, I know you're just, you know, you're singing the praises of God. But if you, if you want to hear the voice of God, you've you got to tune out all of the other, uh, tune down the other parts of the volume in your life. And what do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. All of us have volume in our head, every single one of us. Not just earbuds. I'm talking about the stuff that rattles in our brain that the enemy tries to rob us of and take us away from what God is saying. What do I mean? Well, and I don't mean to be redundant about these things. We just all have them. Um, it could be family issues or family problems uh, that follow you here, and it's constantly in your brain and constantly in your head, and the volume is always up because maybe when you really try to connect with God, uh, the family stuff comes up, and it plays into that, and, and you fight that on a daily basis. Or, or uh, you might, maybe it's sibling issues. How many have siblings? <laughs> That wasn't you, Viv, was it? Okay. <laughs> it was just something. I don't know what it was. How many have siblings? <laughs> God gave you your brother and sister as a divine irritant in your life. To kind of straighten you out in areas that you would not straighten yourself out. But we have sibling issues, sibling rivalry. Maybe there's a problem. Maybe there's stepbrothers and sisters. Things that kind of play in our, on our mind. Maybe there's been a stepmom or dad. or um, Maybe it hasn't been such a good, you know, relationship. Maybe it has. Maybe it's been wonderful. Divorce, which is, um, now it's just about, the statistically, I mean, it was like, divorce secularly, the church is almost caught up to it. Uh, Talking to someone who was talking with me about a person, a gal, a woman who was married six times. How that happened, and I'm a crisis marriage therapist, all right? I've counseled a lot of people that have been divorced a lot of times, but six times, I mean, you're ready for heaven, all right? And I'd also like to find out how those guys got out of the way, because about four of them died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they had insurance. <laughs> and she claims to be a believer in Jesus, wealthy as she is. <laughs> Maybe abuses of kind. I've talked with people here. I've talked with kids. There's been abuse in your life, physical, emotional, psychological, some sexual. That can play with your head. The, the enemy could definitely try to throw that into your brain, cause it to be greatly volumed up. So the enemy can try to rob you of what it is that God wants to place in you. It could be, and this is some other things that I've, I've, I've talked to and prayed with, with clients, you know, kind of seeking me out, which I love. Please seek me out. I try to go up there and, and eat uh, at, the, at the cafeteria, and you see I'm eating by myself. Come over because I'm lonely. But just come over and go, hey, Dr. Ray, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I got a problem for you. Here you go. 
I can take it. I love it. I'm a therapist. I love to do it. You just come and talk with me. I would love to have you. I met with some kids, some young men and women in my office, really juice stuff for Jesus. It's fantastic. Uh, personal issues like anxiety or depression. I pray for some people already for that, with that. A lot of people have anxiety. It's the hidden thing. I don't want to tell anybody that I have anxiety because if they do, I won't be spiritual enough. They're not going to think I'm a Jesus person. Get away with it. Come on. Stop it. You have issues. I have issues. All God's people have issues. Every one of us do. And, and take a look at the person that you think is the most perfect person, staff, prof, student or anybody, and you're going, I don't know. i just like to come over and touch you because I think you're so perfect. They got issues. Leave them with me for about an hour. I'll find a bunch of them. I definitely have issues, okay, so we won't go there. Could be um, insecurities, this, this volume in your head. Ins I don't feel good about me. I don't like me. I don't like the way I am or what I look like or what I say or how I say it. Or I don't want to really project that and say that thing because it may be stupid and then they might think I'm stupid. And it's just insecurities. It comes from our family systems. It come, it's a genetic thing. It also could be within your temperament. This is the kind of things we fight with and the enemy tries to, to uh, put that volume in our head. Low self-esteem. I don't matter. He looks better. He looks more handsome, or she does, and, and they look, and they're really confident, and, you know, they, I'm just kind of, I don't want to say anything until I'm spoken to. It's, again, it's temperament. It's, you, if, I, if you're that way, I bet your mother and father's that way. One of them, or your, your uncle Tom, or your, your Aunt Betty, or your grandparent. It's, so much of this is genetic, or if there's trauma, maybe that's part of it as well. It could be self-condemnation over things you're battling with. <laughs> he did it again. Oh, God, I, yeah, I'm going to hell. I know I'm going to hell. Um, the human battles with endless things throughout the course of their lives, and only Christ and his grace and his mercy and his love causes us to get better as time goes on. We are not perfect. You weren't born perfect, and you will not die perfect. You will die in Christ Jesus, your Lord. That's how you do it. Obsessive-compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress, phobias of any kind. I don't like that. You know, I don't, God can do all kinds of stuff. I counseled a guy right now. He's going to be with Jesus, actually. And he, uh, he came in. He had obsessive-compulsive disorder. And he would walk into my office uh, in our clinic, and, and there's the door, but he could have, he'd have to walk this way. And he'd have to go over the threshold. And then he would sit down backwards. I thought that was a little unusual at first, walking in backwards. And he would always, always go, next to the door. So I said, just say his name's Wilbur. It's not Wilbur. Okay, so what, what's, what's, what's going on? Well, nothing. What are we here for? I, I don't know. I just wanted to talk to you and see how things are. Okay, that's, I want to do that, but you kind of walk sideways into the door and, you know, like incoming was happening, you know, it's going to walk this. What's that about? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I find that I can't not do that. And also, I can't, I don't, when I'm in the library or in a bookstore, when there was bookstores, I can't go under the ladder. How many here can't go under the ladder? I don't go under a ladder because it's bad luck. I don't know. I, I, I never, I have issues, right, Deb? Yeah. <laughs> but I, sometimes I like to try that stuff. Some people, you know, they're in a bookstore and they're going, they're, I can see they're not going to go around the ladder. I just go under it, under it, under it, and I'm going under it, under it, under it. 
And, it's, and they go, I'm going, I just, you know, I don't, I, don't think that's, I don't believe in luck. I believe in fortune. I believe in Christ. So I don't believe that my, I'm going to you know, go out and break my leg if I go under a, under a, uh, a ladder. But this guy did that. until we worked and worked. He was, a, he was a Christian guy. We worked for four years, obsessive compulsive disorder. Now he doesn't, he didn't walk through that anymore. He doesn't do that anymore. He has a great uh, uh, opinion of himself, and, and he's done very, very good. He's really, really done very good now because he's with Jesus. <laughs> so that's like the ultimate. But he beat the thing because he got rid of the volume in his head, and he took on the identity of who he was in Christ Jesus. And these things mess with the frequency of hearing God's voice in us. How many are tired of that? Tired of all that mess of the enemy, all this stuff in your head, and you fight it all the day. And you go, just, oh, God Almighty, just give me one day of peace. Good news for you. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right? He's come to steal our peace. He's come to kill every bit of hope that God wants you to have, and he's come to destroy your future. And Jesus, of course, went on to say, but I've come that you might have life, and life more abundantly. So sometimes you just have to stop, and, and, and you got to do this because you have power in Christ. You really do. Yeah, when I'm only 18 years old. I only got 18 years old worth of power. I'm 22, I got a little bit more. I'm 23, I got a little bit more. God doesn't differentiate like that. If you are in Christ Jesus the Lord, you've got power. No more than anybody else. Some days you just have to stop. I'll never forget, Elliot Tepper's going to be here. Where are you at, Matt? Wherever you at, bro? Uh, Matt's playing in hooky. Matt's playing in hooky. Oh, he's back there. Where are you at, Matt? Oh, there you are. No, I'm talking about Matt. Uh, I'm sorry, Slisher. Uh-huh. Write him down. I want to get him. He's going to have Elliot Tepper here for the week of uh, uh, the missions week. Elliot graduated from here. He's an awesome guy. He's got Patel, all of those, uh, those uh, uh, drug addict uh, centers all over the world and all over Europe. Great, great man of God. Elliot's a great guy. You know, I told you about him. He's a Harvard grad and everything. Great, great man. But he, he did a lot of drugs when we were going here, and he would just kind of stand in the middle of the road. You know, cars would come up to him, and then he'd, he'd see the cars there, and he'd back up. That's what drugs will do to you, by the way. He doesn't do that anymore. He's fine. He doesn't do that stuff. But the enemy just kind of, he gets in you, and, and he beats you up sometimes. You just need to stop and stand. Take a stand. Take a position. Just stop. Brace yourself. Just, and speak the word of the Lord and go, the Lord rebuke you today. I'm done with you today. And then by faith, you just walk, and you keep doing it, and you just, as you walk, and you're looking, and you're, you're believing God because you rebuke the devil, God's going to do something with you. He's going to give you a return. But you've got to do it. You've got to rebuke the devil. It's okay to do. You have the power to do that. I've talked with some other people. Some other people have come up to me and said, Dr. Ray, I'm, I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, so what does that mean? He said, well, I don't speak in tongues. I, I, there's a part of that I want. Ooh, some stuff is going to happen during the Spiritual Foundations Week and some other times. If you really want revival, 
you need to buckle up and hold on because God's going to explode you. For those of you who have been not filled with the Holy Spirit, God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that you're not, I mean, it's not like you're some kind of special person, but it gives you the power, the dunamos, the dynamite, to be able to forge ahead in areas that you thought were not even possible. Stay tuned. God's got great and wondrous things for you. Sometimes you just need to rebuke him. The enemy lives to interfere with your frequency with God. Now he's off frequency. I can't hear him anymore. Well, you know what? You can get back on frequency. So you just take the position, you stop, and you go, I'm not going to have this. I've got to believe God. And sometimes it's too difficult, and sometimes you need to talk with somebody. Sometimes you need to talk with a staff person or uh, um, Brother Stacy or Sister Emily or, or somebody else or your, your RAs. And maybe if it's worse than that, then there's some other things that can be done. But you need to take, gotta, you got to take the enemy on when he tries to take you away from the frequency of God, if you indeed want to be able to distinguish the voice of God. So how do you distinguish that voice, the difference between God's voice and and the enemy's voice? Listen here. Because there is a difference, by the way. Mm -hmm. How many of you, when you were in trouble, uh, how many were raised in the city? Okay. Where are we at? What city, bro? Rochester. Okay, you were raised in Rochester. Anybody else? City, city? Providence, Rhode Island? Okay. Anybody else? Lydia, you're in Baltimore, right? There you are. We're from Baltimore. Um, yay. Orioles. I'm waiting for somebody to hit me with something here. <laughs> um, in the city growing up, especially with us in an Italian-American home, we were, my mother, let's see, let me see. My mother had a loud voice. My mother had a really loud voice. And all the kids playing in the streets and everything, everybody, all the kids, all and all, we're every place, all over the, the neighborhood. And we could hear my mother three blocks away, screeching like a banshee. I'd say I would share with you how she does it, but it would break your eardrums. So like some, wow, like some siren. We go, oh, man, that's mom. Other mothers were screaming for their kids, too. It's like when you go hunting and you got a bunch of hound dogs, like 30 of them. But you can listen to your hound dog because you know your hound dogs are above all the rest of them. It's kind of weird when you pass through North Carolina, you got all those dogs. How do you know your dog from the rest? Oh, I can hear sweet Bethel. Oh, she's there. I hear a voice. So... I could hear my mom out of all everyone else because there's a distinguishing sound that she made, very specific, and it drew me back to where I needed to be. In this case, it's normally lunch or something like that. The same thing is with God. You can distinguish his voice amongst all of the other voices if you care to, but you need to be able to check a couple things before you do because that frequency the enemy tries to destroy you with where he throws you off frequency, and then all of a sudden you find, no, i got to somehow get back in track. Listen to this. God's voice. How to distinguish the difference. Number one, God gives you peace. Could you say that word with me? Peace. The enemy gives you fear. God gives you peace. 
The enemy gives you fear. There is no fear in fellowship. If you are fellowshipping with God, there is no fear. You might have fear. Where does that fear come from? Symptom cause, symptom cause. Symptom is, I have fear, and, and, or I, I constantly have fear, or I have a fear about walking out, or whether I'm going to slip on the snow, or whether I, I'm going to make it, or whether it seems like I'm, I have fear wherever I go. Maybe you have some anxiety. Maybe it's an anxiety issue. I don't know. But there is no fear in fellowship. Peace with God, fear from the enemy. God gives you reassurance. He reassures you on a daily basis. And the enemy demoralizes you on a daily basis. So if you feel demoralized, if you feel, I just don't even like who I am, that is not God. That doesn't say it's not real. Oh, it's, it's going on in you. This isn't mine over matter. I am fine. We are fine. We are all fine. Praise God. You know, all of us have an issue. And so I'm not saying just, just you know, don't pay any attention to that. Just, just go out and start praising God. You may have an issue there. So it doesn't mean that it's not happening, but it is a lie. God does not demoralize us. God leads you. He doesn't push you. He leads you. Satan pushes you into things. Well, you got to do it. Well, I'm not sure. Let's do it right now. Well, I, 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 if you don't do it now, it's, not, it's all going to go away. You, just must, you must do that. I know a lot of, you know, I know gals and guys who have gotten married because it's, oh, you know, I don't know, I feel pushed, but, you know, I counsel them 20 years later, and they go, I don't know, I just felt pushed into this marriage. And then others felt like, I, you know, I'll get into this in a minute if I can, prophesied in the marriage. <coughs> um, don't ever let that, you know, somebody says, thus saith the Lord, marry Joe Schmo. And you're looking at Joe Schmo, and you're going, oh, God, No. <laughs> I got to marry him? Yeah, the Lord says, jeez, well, that's not going to be a good day for you. I've had people like that in sessions. Oh, my gosh, that's so horrible. God encourages you, and the enemy discourages you. So if you're in a discouraged time in your life, again, it may be something going on in your life that's causing symptom cause. Symptom is, this is what's happening to me, what's the cause? You need to get to the cause of that, and, and that's very, very possible. But if you stay discouraged and you feel discouraged, that is not God. You need to address that. God forgives you, and the enemy perpetually condemns you. I'm so horrible, God. I'm lower than a lizard's lung. You can scrape me up with a spatula. Oh, God, I'm worthless. Lie. Not for one moment are you worthless in the eyes of God. God loves you. And there is never a moment he does not love you because he loves you with agape. It is unconditional. That doesn't mean that if I don't do stupid things, that it's, uh, something bad's going to happen to me, or if I keep doing dumb things, that I'm not going to fall in a hole somehow. God's not codependent. He's not, he's not going to go, you keep sinning, Fred. That's fine. You keep doing dumb stuff. I just love you. You just can keep doing it. He's going to slap me around, allow me to be slapped around, but that's a good thing. He just, you know, it, it helps us and it guides us and it gets, gets us on frequency. God comforts you through the Holy Spirit and the enemy perpetually oppresses you. And if you live in any of those contradictions, I know we go back and forth a lot, you need to understand to discern the voice of God is the age-old combination 
that we're constantly asking God for the password for. What's your voice? How do I do this? What's going on in my life? How do I get there, God? We could say, and I would like to say, that the most important thing in life as a believer in Jesus Christ is to be able to discern and hear the voice of God. We've been preaching that for years and years, and you know, sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. You get my age and you realize, whoa, I shouldn't have did that, but I thought I knew God. I, I thought that was the voice of God, and it ended up blowing up my face. And I can go, God, why didn't you bless me? I was believing God for that, and you didn't bless me. Really, it was my, I was trying to scratch my own itch. I just wanted to do my own thing and try to get God's blessing on it. It doesn't work that way with God. He loves us that much that he wants great and wondrous things for us. So, so you know, to distinguish the voice of God, should I move forward or should I not? Should I date that guy or should I not? Should I cheat on the test or should I not? Should I read all of that because I don't have to? I think I got it. Or should I not? Should I leave this place or should I not? Should I get that job? Should I not? Should I say this to that person or should I not? Should I give this word of prophecy to that person or should I not? Should I uh, just, what is it, God? What is it that I need to say? If you stop for a moment and you relax and you hear God's voice, he's going to speak to you. It's a couple things you do in order to hear the voice of God. I'm going to go through two very, very quickly in just a short amount of time. The first one is position your heart. I'm sorry I don't have all this on PowerPoint. Position your heart. If you want to get from here to, say, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, then you got to set your GPS to the coordinates and preset that toward Albuquerque, New Mexico. you got to position your course. You, you've got to begin to be deliberate in the thing that you want. Set my course, Father, and look to you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Okay, I got that. I don't lean on your own understanding. Yeah, I, I, I think I got it. You might not. <laughs> oh, I think I need to go out. Oh, you might not. Don't trust on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him. Position yourself with that GPS. In all of your ways, submit to him, and he'll make your path straight. He'll, he'll do this thing for you. If I, he, he must increase and I must decrease when it comes to that. If I want to get... Uh, if I want to hear the voice of God, I have to position my heart toward the destination in order to hear what it is that he wants to say to me. And if I don't do that, then I'm becoming rather selfish. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, do you not know? <clears throat> because what? Here's the thing. If I want to hear from God, I need to find out where he lives. Where does God live? He lives... Within where? My heart. If you want to know where God lives, where am I going to find you, God? Don't go any further than you. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, repented of your sins, He lives in you. So if you want to find out first how to get there, you got to stop and you got to go, okay, Lord, I need to, I need to listen to you because uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that your temple, you're the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 says, And the, and the glorious riches of his ma 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 majesty, 
which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So then I position my heart, and I position my mind, I position my will, my feelings, I position my intellect, and I cry out to God. No, no agenda, God, here. I, I heard a couple girls here, uh, I was talking with some of them, and they were, it's really cool. And I go, well, so, because I'm trying to build up, you know, Sister Danuta, I'm trying to build up, you know, the four-year four bachelor's when we eventually get it. I'm thinking, hey, you did three years, why not do one more, right? Okay, you're doing three, why not do one more? It's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's, is that the will of God? And I'm, 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 I don't know, I'm sitting there talking. There was a couple gals throughout the last few weeks. And, uh, and they said, well, I don't know if it's God's will. Now you're going to play that card, <laughs> which is the right card. You know, sure, I'm going to, you know, yak up the school. But maybe it's not God's will that you finish a, a fourth year. Maybe it's not at all. But maybe it is. <laughs> and so I got to submit my, myself, my will, my intellect, everything I am to that specific positioning of my heart to be able to catch the frequency. To have, I got to at least get on a track so that I can get on the right train. If, I'm not, if, I, if I need to catch a train, I better find a track. If I'm not even on the track, I can't catch the train where God's going. So I've got to do a little work within me. A.W. Tozer said, because sometimes you just need to, how many know that God also is a little quiet stuff? And if you're ADD, that's very difficult. Quiet. No, be quiet, be quiet. Relax, relax your mind. Okay. Where are you at? I don't know. I've just circled Japan, and I've just come back through Australia. Whoo! I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. <laughs> if you're ADD, your mind's all over the place. You, you know, just calm your mind, focus, because your mind's every place. And those of you who are ADD know exactly what I'm talking about. Stop it. And when you were in school, stop it. I heard this a lot. Fred, relax, calm down, focus. Focus. No, 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 no. Focus, focus, focus. And my mind was like, I have just traveled the world in the three seconds since you asked me to focus. And it didn't cost me a dime. Second and lastly, the last thing you do to hear the voice of God is you worship and praise. Oh, yes. When we make him number one in our lives, he then fights the enemy on our behalf to be able to break through all of the disturbances that the enemy is trying to rob us from in order to focus on his voice. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 20 and 22. Uh, I do believe we have that here. Second Chronicles 20, uh, chapter 20, verses 20. 20 through 22. There we go. Early in the morning, uh, they uh, left for the desert of Tekoa. As they uh, set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord, and praise Him. Why? For the splendor of His holiness 
as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So I want to stop there. You know the rest of it. But he, so what he's saying is this. We're in a bad, we're in a bad way. We're going to get our, our, our lunch eaten up really bad. What do we do? Well, come on, get the guys. Get all the ammunition. Get all the armament. Get everybody. Let's get, get, get stationed. Come on, it's going to be a bad day. We've got to do everything we can. Get everything we can because I think we're going to die if we don't do this. And he says, look, look, here's the first thing we do. We are in a bad way. We're in a real bad way. But what I want you to do, I want you to, guys, come on up here and let's begin to praise God. Let's begin to worship God. Let's begin to sing. Let's begin to rejoice in his holiness, thanking the Lord for what he is. I'm telling you, it doesn't make sense. But it works. It works. If you don't think it does, try it. Next time you're going, oh, I don't know, God. I just don't know. I can't. Is <laughs> it going to happen? I don't know. I didn't like what he said to me in the way he said it. I don't like it. I got to get out of Elam. It's driving me crazy, God. That's the last thing you do. You just stop for a moment. You position yourself and just go, <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, don't worry. That's going to happen to you. Oh, and you begin to worship Him and thank Him and glorify His name. And begin, oh, because now you got His attention and He's got your attention. You've stopped your world. You've taken everything that you thought was going to work and you embraced Him. And God. Is going to honor you and love you and see you through. You know why? But I'll tell you why. Because this is what happened. Because they did what they did, God did what he did. At that very moment, they began to sing and praise and give praise to the Lord. It caused the armies of Ammon, uh, Moab, and Mount Sur to start fighting against themselves. I'm telling you what. I'm going to stop there because I don't have much time. I could go on a little bit, but. Here's the deal. God sometimes doesn't make sense. Two and two sometimes is 27 with God. However, if you're melancholy and two and two must always equal four, now it's four. No, but God just did a crazy thing. I know, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense because God doesn't make sense. I don't know, but it's blowing my mind because it must stack up. It must be logical. Then we got another issue. We can work with that too. But the fact is, if you praise God, if you stop your day, you stop your life, and you just start praising God and worshiping him and saying, God, here's what it is. I want you more than anything else. God, I am praising you and believing you to show up. I want your Holy Spirit to fall on me. I want you, God, to begin. I need to get right back into your frequency again. I want to get back. He's taking me all out of this thing. I'm going to make the main thing the main thing. And if you do that, I promise you, and I can promise very little when it comes to this kind of stuff, but I promise you, you make him first, your life will take a turn. And you will see, and some of those things you might not like. Well, I didn't think he'd do that. I, I was kind of hoping for that. But he, he, he's leading me here. You know, you, if, if you know that's what God's leading you, even though you're going, ah, this is what I want, it's really not about you, kids, young men and women. It's about what God wants. And at the end of the day, all things work together for good to those who love them. Sometimes you get exactly what you want. Other times, it's God's not, God is not our, it says God's our buckler. Sometimes we look at him as our butler. Serve it to me, if you would, please, and deliver it to me. 
Thank you, Lord. Another one, if you would, please. Just another one. And give me another and another. God isn't like that. God wants you to do, God wants great and wondrous things for you. So, to hear the voice of God, you've got to position yourself. You've got to be able to praise Him and worship Him. And also, you need to know His Word. We're going to get into that. The Word, which is so incredibly important in your life. Study to show yourself approved of God. A workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, handling accurately the Word of truth. Stand, if you would, please. How many want to hear from God? How many think right now, at this time, in this tabernacle, in this moment, that it's the will of God that we pray and you go to lunch? Come on, it's all right. (laughs) Of course it is. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for these young men and women, for the professors, for the staff, everyone here. We need to hear your voice. And it is the enemy trying to take us away from that frequency that is ours, that you promised us. And so, Lord, I just ask you now to bless this group of guys and gals. I encourage their hearts as they look to you. Uh, Father, trust you, believe you, honor you, and begin to test, Father, that, that just like uh, Gideon and others, test it to see if it doesn't work so that you would give them the desires of their heart, which ultimately is you in them. Explode them with the good and gracious and wonderful and securing things of God. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all.